0: Shenanigans,
1: truth, lies, shenanigans. Hey, I'm Neil Nicks. Welcome to another episode of the True Lies Shenanigans podcast. Today, we've got a deep episode on grief and loss. My co-host today is the lovely Gianni Storm and the rock star Robbie Rock. This is part two of our episode on grief. Be sure to check out part one, the previous episode, The Price for Love. At the end of part one, Robbie had just revealed that his brother had taken his own life. And then Gianni shared that her mother had done the same. We'll pick up right where we left off. So I haven't really dealt with someone taking their own life. And I can't imagine being on the other side someone kind of left behind how that must feel i i've heard how it can feel but it's hard for me to actually imagine it and i'm curious right. if it's how much guilt or you know what you could have done and how much that plays a role or just yeah. curious if if your own feelings about yourself play a role in your grief
0: yeah i think so <laughs> i think so with you do think that it could be prevented by your hands somehow. Yeah. That's I think because we don't want to be helpless as humans. So we, it's like, what could I have done? Even though I was nowhere near her at that time and it literally was impossible, but you think, okay, well I had a conversation before. Maybe I could have said something or maybe I could have done something. Everybody does feel a sense of responsibility when somebody unalives themselves. Um, It's hard. I don't know. I can't speak for how other people pass away, but passing away by that and leaving a family member, that Mm -hmm. shit is tragic. Like, I'm gonna be honest. You pass away, but then people with you, in a sense, pass away because you're like, damn, you couldn't tell me. Like, you couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So it's, I don't know. It's like a double whammy, but that's just my opinion because I've never lost anybody any other way. So.
2: Oh really? Self-questioning you- is absolutely
1: natural. I want to clarify. Yeah. So you said you've never lost anybody any other way,
0: right? Because my grandfather actually drank himself intentionally to death.
2: Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, it's it's very natural to ask yourself those questions. Could I have done something different? Uh, what if I had done this? That's just a natural part of the process. And over time, you come to realize there's nothing you could have done. That this person did have a disease that they were depressed they were mentally ill at that time that this was the darkest time of their life and you wish that you could have been there for them Mm -hmm. um but they weren't looking for help at that time they were looking for a way out uh, to end the suffering uh, whatever they were going through so um it's very tragic in that sense and i guess if i make a crude analogy i guess you know losing someone that's close to you is like a freight train crash crashing through your life having someone auto delete is like taking a tornado full of freight trains and running it through your life um, yeah the, uh, the after effects are devastating and lasting uh, they they never go away but um yeah. see this as a wonderful preamble to Dip into the next part, um, just the notion of the five stages of grief. Um, mm-hmm. So according to the model of the five stages of grief, or the Kubler Ross model, those experiencing grief go through five emotions, yeah. so denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on this model. And do you believe that this model is comprehensive enough? Neil, mm-hmm. Johnny, and I've been talking for a bit.
1: Let's get you going. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: I think there are
1: stages to grief. I don't know that they are linear in that sense. Like, You know, those are the exact stages that I've gone through. Um, right. Yeah. But I understand. I know there's some other, this guy, Warden, said that you develop tasks for coping. You accept the reality of the loss, work through the pain of grief, adjust to life without the deceased and find an enduring connection with the deceased while embarking on a new life. And I think that's sort of what I do. Except my coping mechanism, I'm like Gianni, I don't I prefer not to talk about it because I just don't want to deal with feelings. Yeah. And I'm able to subdue the feelings by changing my course of thoughts so i'm thinking about the loss if i'm thinking about it all i gotta do is think about some other happy thing in my life i can focus on something else and you know embarking on a new life like he said yeah you can find an enduring connection with whatever happened Accept the reality of it i think i've done all of those things and i think that's more my approach so yeah the Stages make sense. I don't know how often I've gotten angry after a loss though. Um,
2: oh, really? Mm. Yeah. And again, that's, that's usually my go-to. It just,
1: uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, I, That's interesting. I, I haven't felt much anger. Like when my grandmother passed away or when I don't feel anger, it's like a, it's more of a, like I say, a form of acceptance of reality. This is, Reality. this is
2: so I, I want to use that anger as a segue. Yeah, just go to Johnny real quick. So, yeah. Johnny, with the notion of anger and faith, have you ever found yourself or people of your flock angry with God for taking away that person from your existence?
0: Yeah, because we're human. So, naturally, yes. I think that, um, It does depend, I will say, Rob, how sh- how long or how strong you are into that faith. Because I think that okay. for me I can only speak for my example, but for me there is that sense of why, God, why? Why would you do this? That's like you're trying to are you trying to kill me too? Um but then there is when you have that faith, you know that you're understanding of things are not as great as God's. So that that's just my own faith, religious aspect of it, because our understanding is our human understanding. You know what I mean? And then there's God's understanding, which you can question. Of course we do. That's natural. That's how we learn and grow. That's the mission of humans is to ask questions, learn and do something about it. But, um, yeah, I think that anger for me, I wasn't angry with God. I was more angry with my mom, <laughs> to be honest, because it, yeah. it was like... It makes sense. I wasn't angry with God. I could, And it does depend, like to how that person died. If that person was a young child and they were allowed to be murdered or something happened um, to somebody who was in a car accident, then you can be like, God, why would you... You could have protected them in that moment. When somebody self-deletes... It was a choice whether God was there or not. So it was a it was a little bit easier for me to not be mad at God. But I do. That's a good point, though. That's a good point when it comes to that faith.
1: You know, I'm thinking religious. back. I'm thinking back as I'm listening to Gianni. I'm thinking back retrospectively, and perhaps there were moments where I was angry, and um, there may may have been moments where I was angry. I wasn't necessarily angry with God, but I I had this constant feeling that something is just working against me. Something is just mm-hmm. not necessarily yeah. God. I don't know. I don't know what What force, but I feel like something was working against me. And I was angry at that because I tend to be a realist and like, these things happen. That's just part of life. I mean, of course, not someone taking their own life. That's more of an intentional act, but, or or murder Mm -hmm. or murder is another one. But with that being said, the natural course of life itself and the loss behind that, thinking back retrospectively, there have been moments that anger did come up. Yeah, uh, your point. Mm-hmm.
2: For myself, um, I find the Kubler Ross model to be outdated. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, it, it definitely isn't. A, it it's not a comprehensive model um, because it doesn't really address the anxiety, the loneliness, the helplessness, the numbness that you can feel, and the intensity and range of the emotions that you can feel varies. So greatly from person to person and over time, how we grow in our grieving process because the grief never goes away. You just cope with it differently.
0: That's a good point. Grief how doesn't do you, go away.
2: We didn't. We didn't speak to your coping
1: mechanism, though, Rob. What was yours? Yeah.
2: Um, my coping mechanism is usually to dip into some self-reflection. Um I definitely um on my brother's birthday I tend to pick up his guitar and just go sit up on top of the hill on my property and just play music Aww. just uh, lose myself in that moment and just be in the moment. Um I try to be a better person uh in my community. It's um I've always thought that you know if someone had been kind my brother that day, uh, random act of kindness may have changed his thinking for the day. So I try to bring that act of random kindness whenever I can. I'm human. I'm fallible. I definitely screw that up. I definitely bring some <laughs> some pain with my forked tongue at times. Um, but yeah. generally speaking, I, I I really try hard to just be nice to people, uh, recognizing that it may or may not have an impact uh, on them. their day
1: real quick going back to like the comment that i made about the grief is the price we pay for love um Mm -hmm. because it really is if you're being honest i mean it really is if you're if you love a thing person whatever it is when it's gone you feel grief most heavily that being said like is love you know because i know a lot of people have this coping mechanism is they'll avoid love. Right? They'll avoid making connections um, as part of a coping mechanism with grief. I mean, is that a viable solution? Because it works. If you
0: no. avoid connections, and you don't feel pain. Yeah, run. it's not healthy. It's, no.
2: It's, it's loneliness, the isolation, and that detracts from your quality of life. If you get lost in, in that spiral, absolutely.
0: Coping is accepting or are those two different things? Cause I always thought there were two different
2: things. Okay. They, they are different things. Acceptance different. is the, the ideal outcome. Acceptance is the outcome that you want to strive for. Coping is what we do.
1: To get by. Okay. I, mean, I think acceptance is more of a part of coping. Like once you've accepted it, then what do you do? Right.
2: You, <laughs> then then you're how are you dealing with it. Then you, right? then you transition from grief to healing.
1: Maybe you've accepted it, but you're still
2: repressing your
1: feelings. Maybe you've accepted it, but then you start, like you said, Robbie is healing. You know, there's a whole process to how you're coping with it, right? Interesting. Okay.
2: The quote that I have here is from Stephen Colbert. Everybody suffers. If you can accept your suffering, then you will understand other people better. Be grateful for pain, love, life. So that's the exact opposite of what you were saying there, Neo. People who sever that love who sever those ties if you really want to love life you need to be grateful for everything every part in life, yeah the good and the bad and to be grateful for the bad stuff that happens is a difficult difficult exercise because like i said uh, you know with my brother's loss how it impacted me it did make me a better person in the long run maybe not in the short term after losing Mm-mm. him um uh, there's a lot of self destructive behavior that went along there but yeah. in the long run i've become a much better person because of that love and that loss it's a gift to exist and with existence comes suffering the more people you know the more meaningful connections you have the more grief and loss you will experience
0: i wanted to jump in really quick um since we're bringing examples i know we all love keanu reeves the actor he actually had lost his wife and then his child, or I think it was a the child, then his wife. And I wanted to bring him as an example because it was yeah. this kind of like deep, philosophical, cool guy. I just wanted that to be an example in regards to who you are in general, how the personality that you have definitely also impacts how people take loss and grief. Because like I mentioned before myself, just being somebody who is very emotional in general and I'm also private at the same time, me experiencing that grief and loss may have been easier as opposed to somebody who was more dependent on their emotions, if that makes sense. So Keanu, we even see with his interviews that he's just has a philosophical approach to things. Like he's just a wiser, more private person. He reminds me of like Robin Neo in a sense, like he's not super emotional and expressive. So um just, just highlighting that grief is dependent on a person's personality and it will change you and your aspect of, of how you deal with emotion.
2: Was there any stigma surrounding you expressing your emotion? I mean, you identify as Latina as right. I mean, any stigmas attached with you expressing your grief, say versus I guess some male counterparts in your family.
0: Okay. Um, I was much more allowed, I would say, that, than a, as opposed to the men in my family. There is a stigma, I would say, in, with Black people in general, because we experience so much of it. Like, as a collective, think that as a collective, Black people experience a lot of loss and grief and have to kind of get over it quicker. So, yeah, but personally, no. Can personally, you explain no. why, I think it,
1: why you think we have to get over it quicker?
0: Because it keeps happening. So it's like one person may pass away, but especially in the past, you would hear, okay, George Floyd passed away, and then Rashad, blah, blah, blah. And then, so it was consistent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about as a community now, Mm -hmm. but individually too, like individual Black people, Black experience. Yeah, your Uncle Pookie died, and then Day-Day died. And then, you know what I mean? So it's like that loss is is common. So you get over it faster or you don't really have time to be as emotional about it. So therefore you kind of come across like it didn't affect you as much when it it does.
2: Contextually, I have to ask Johnny, because um, you're saying like, you know, having to get over it and, you know, being strong for others. I don't know how many people said that to me at my brother's funerary procession be strong for your mom and dad be strong for your mom and dad be strong for your mom Fuck and dad that. dude i Damn. lost my only brother i lost my only brother what See. do you mean take care of them uh what yeah like they've. i'm been hanging by a string right? so i'm just curious how Bear. that played out for you recognizing that you're the eldest sibling in your family makeup so was there an expectation? For you to be strong and get over it quicker because you had a burden of responsibility or the burden of responsibility was thrown upon you, was expected of you?
0: Yeah, I think because like you said, I was the eldest and my mom and I were very close. So people kind of did expect me to be strong, um, but they did allow me the grace to break down because they understood because that We were very close. like That's why it was so shocking, too, because my mom and my brother were very, very close. She was a single mom for so long. So it was almost allowed. Normally, under normal circumstances, my family is very much, you know, be strong. For some reason, it's like a matriarchy in my family. Like the women are to take care of the men. Like, be strong. Take care of your brother. Brother's 34. (laughs) He's good. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, but he's it's just it was that kind of be strong because the women in my family are known to be strong emotionally and to do that kind of thing. But, um, it didn't affect me. I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, this is my mom. I can't I'm not even am I here? Is this real life? like it it was hard for me to even like to mm-hmm. be in reality. like i I still now I'm like, is this a dream for real? It's really yeah. weird.
2: Like it's, it's weird. only been six years, just yeah. still very early on. In that type of loss, it's still very early on in that type of loss. It's uh, I've spent 21 years, so you know reaching the 20 year threshold, I can say I've had enough time to process that I you know I can accept and I'm coping with it well. Yeah, uh, Neil, for you for, as far as stigmas are concerned, um, I really want to tap into your life experience a little bit more. Specifically, certain losses are less significant, which is something I'm sure people have thrown in your face, given your personal experience. Like when you're talking about, you know, the grief surrounding a miscarriage and other people might look at you and say, well, you know, you never, you never met this, this individual, you never, this was never a thing. So, you know, get over it. Is that something that you've experienced? Mm
1: -hmm. So that's interesting. So I was listening to both of you talking about like what you've been dealing with and how you kind of and dealing with loss and, and people around you. And as I was thinking about it, I don't, I think I was generally left to fend for myself in terms yeah. of grief. I don't know that anyone told me be strong. I don't recall anyone saying, don't cry. I don't recall anyone saying, giving me advice as to how to deal mm-hmm. with it. I was kind of left to kind of fend for myself in general. So I don't know if that's a stigma or if that's a factor or if that's a cultural thing. I don't even know. I would say that that would be more of a cultural thing. Cultural. Yeah. Because it was just like, deal with it. Expected, you know, so-and-so's dead. Okay. We meet up for a funeral and then we give everybody hugs and then we keep it moving. We might talk a little bit about the person and then there was nothing beyond that. Or if we're talking about, The miscarriage I've dealt with, I mean, it's, it was all alone. Well, one thing I couldn't really talk about it with others in general, not Mm -hmm. many people even knew or have known what I've been going through with that. Um, So that's another reason I've kind of been on an Island with that. But again, just kind of fending for myself is what I've been having to do.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, This has been a, wonderful discussion on a uh, difficult topic and i think that it's very important that collectively as a species we engage in these types of conversations because this is a universal factor of life this is if you are gifted with long life then you are absolutely going to suffer loss uh, over time it's we need to talk about these things in a very open fashion because we're all going to experience it and our experiences will help others along the way and if we remove the stigma about it then we just we talk about it and the acceptance comes that much easier it's clear that grief is a very personal journey and it's influenced by unique factors so does the idea that there are universal methods for healing from grief oversimplify the complexity of individual experiences is this is truth lies or shenanigans my friends
0: this is truth i think it does over Oversimplify it. It's very complex. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It definitely oversimplifies it because, and I think each of us really has a different way of dealing with grief. I mean, there's cultural things, there's stigmas. There's, in my case, I was alone to deal with it. We all have different ways of dealing with grief. We've all developed very different coping mechanisms. I don't think there's any right model, any right solution. I think we kind no. of have to do it ourselves. So I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all.
2: No. If you if you are experiencing someone who's experiencing grief, actively be present, listen. Those are really the only two pieces of advice that I have. Just be present yeah. and listen to what this individual needs, um, because sometimes sitting in silence with someone is just what you need and. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your personal experiences, because I know that this is an emotionally challenging topic. And I know that it's not something that you'd like to discuss very openly. So your perspectives are valued. And I think that this exercise of talking about it is very important for you as an individual, for us as a collective, and I would encourage you to continue speaking about it and just supporting us Yes. And if you're having a hard time talking about it maybe seek some professional help help talk about it because keeping it inside is will faster no bueno no, yeah no, no bueno <laughs>
1: good point rob all right so thank you rob b that was a very deep conversation we will be back next week with an all-new episode next tuesday Be sure to catch our previous podcast episodes on Pods Network, P-O-D-Z Network.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, check out some of our clips on our YouTube channel, TLSshow.com. Thank you, Gianni. Thank you, Robby. Most importantly, we need to thank you for listening to our shenanigans each and every week. Have a good week, everyone, and be happy. Love each other. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call or text the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. In Canada, that number is 1-833-456-4566. The Lifeline provides 24-hour confidential support to anyone in crisis or emotional distress. Call 911 in life-threatening situations.